You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. The Dave Rothenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. And we are back together. Saturday morning, chilly outside. January the 8th, 2022. I've been off the last couple of Saturdays because it was Christmas Day. And then it was New Year's Day. And now we're back together. So it's me, it's you. Three hours up to Anita Marks. And then Anita takes you until three. And then it's a four-hour bonanza of the great Gordon Damer. And then into the Knicks and the Celtics. And the expectation, I, I, I'm interested to see what Julius Randle is tonight. Because he had a lot to say about the Knicks fan. lot to say about the thumbs down. lot to say about how upset and angry he is. Then he came out and gave a, a quasi-apology. There was no I'm sorry in there, but a quasi-apology. Now, the game is on the road, but I'm still interested to see what we get tonight from Julius Randle. So, yeah, I, and by, by the way, and I said this the other day, I've, I've had enough of the bing bong. I, I, I don't know if you feel the same way. It's it's enough. It's not it's not cute anymore. It's not funny anymore. I don't think it's entertaining anymore. It's just I don't know. Maybe this is just me. It's just kind of annoying, to be honest with you. It's like if this was another team, I would despise it because it's my team, but it's grating. It's wearing. It's not funny. And it's just I don't know. It's it's too much. I've had enough of the bing bong. So I just said I've had enough of the bing bong. I understand. No more bing bong. Sands, bing bong, the rest of the show. All right, so what do we have today? We have a lot. 1-800-919-3776. We are officially past, I believe this to be true. We are officially past the window of when you can wish someone a happy new year. That ended yesterday. So no happy new years. You know, I hope you have a a great new year. Hope you feel better. I've, I've been, if you didn't know, you're just tuning in, haven't heard me this week. So I was out Monday, Tuesday this week, came back for, for the show with Rick, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I got hammered with COVID. Hammered. Uh, Monday, December 27th, which was the start of my vacation, started to feel really sick, tested that night, positive. I've, I've had fever. I've had aches. I've had pains. I've had exhaustion. I've had tremendous congestion, cough, you name it, to a T, I've had it. So I know everyone is coming down with this thing now, this new uh, Omicron variant. Please be careful. Please be safe. If you have to err on the side of caution and just stay in and hang out and listen to the show. And then, listen, you got you can now bet your face off, right? Sports betting is legal right now. Sports betting is legal in New York. So you download one of the, the many apps you can get. You, you lie on your couch and you, you just start gambling, right? You don't have to bet huge amounts, but just 15, 20, 30, 50 bucks a game and just, you know, just, you know, Make it your way, because it, it, it is now, you know, it's funny, years ago, not, not even like 15 years ago, five, seven years ago, you remember, you remember the story, Tony Romo, I think it was Romo, what, uh, Santiago would know, Romo, like he, he had a, I think it was like a fantasy football something, and it was supposed to take place in Vegas, and the NFL went crazy, and, and they wouldn't allow him to have this event and run this event in Vegas, and, and I, I think it either didn't happen or it didn't happen in Vegas. Like, we are not, maybe it's maybe more than five years ago, but it feels like about five, maybe seven years ago. Vegas used to be, like, like forbidden. 
like gambling and, and Vegas and sports and the whole combination will no. Not not allowed, not happening. Don't think that that's something realistic. Now it's you can't watch a game without seeing the spread. You can't watch a pregame show without it being presented by, you know, BetMGM or DraftKings or one of these big companies. So today's a big day in New York. Today, uh, just six minutes ago, it became legal to do online sports betting in New York. Right in time for week 18. Uh, speaking of sports betting, by the way, R.J. Bell going to join us, I believe, at 11 o'clock this morning. We'll go through all the games. You know, it's weird to me. <coughs> Excuse me. It's weird to me. Um, because this week doesn't, I, I don't know if you feel like this as well. It doesn't have a lot of juice. Like there's, there's only, I don't know, three, four games that I look at. I'm like, that's, that's a real, that's a good game. Like that, that's a really good game that I, I desperately want to watch the two games today. I'll watch them because it's football, but it, it does. These, these don't move the needle for me even a little bit. Right, Chiefs, Broncos. Chiefs need to win to secure at least that two seed, but Broncos have nothing to play for. So, yeah, of course, you'll watch it at four thirty. Then you get Cowboys, Eagles, which is ordinarily a game you would, you know, not not make any other plan to be able to watch. Cowboys, Eagles has zero juice. Bengals, Browns is meaningless. Packers, Lions meaningless. Bears, Vikings meaningless. Giants in Washington, I guess, outside of seeing what kind of disaster the Giants are, meaningless. Colts, Jaguars. So that's one. Right, Colts, Jaguars, big meaning. Colts win, they get it. Steelers, Ravens, for the most part, it looks like will be meaningless. Titans, Texans, okay, fine. Titans win, they get the one seed, but how excited are you going to be about Titans, Texans? Saints, Falcons, meaning, right? Saints win, Niners lose, they get it. Okay, fine, but how excited are you going to be about Saints, Falcons? Jets, Bills, meaning, right? Bills win, they win the division, but it's Jets, Bills. And now, listen, I agree, Zach Wilson has been better of late, but still, not a lot of juice around that one. Niners-Rams, big game. Rams win. They, they clinch at, at least the two. Well, I guess the two. Niners win. They're in. Niners lose. Saints lose. They're, they're not in. Uh, Saints win. They're not in. Patriots-Dolphins, yeah, a, a little bit, right? Patriots still have an outside chance at the division. Seahawks-Cardinals, very little. Panthers-Bucks, very little. Chargers-Raiders, yes. So, the, I mean, there's not a lot, to be honest, right? There's not there's tr- truly not a lot to be overly excited about. So I, I don't know if you feel like this. I'm like, of course, and I'll, I'll watch all day today and all day tomorrow. And it's just it's just what I do. But do I have this tremendous, unbelievable excitement for week 18? I don't. In fact, in many ways, and I, I wonder if the Giants fan feels like this. And I guess this is kind of where we'll start. And we'll we'll get into the Knicks and we'll get into the Giants, certainly. And and the Jets, who looked like the functional New York team. We'll, we'll get into everything today. Um I wonder if the Giants fan is just is just happy it's over, because because and that's how bad this has been, and that's how angry that I am with this whole thing, is I'm just happy it's done, and I guess reports and and you knew this was going to be the case, and I, I feel so annoyed at this, and that is, I guess the Giants and and it started to leak, which is the worst kept secret in the history of of the universe, is that the Giants will move on because Dave Gettleman will retire after the game tomorrow. Retire, right? Dave Gettleman, after the game tomorrow, it, 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 what we're supposed to be sold and believe is going to walk into the, the front office and into the, the owner's box and say, all right, guys, listen, um, I've, I, I just can't keep doing this. I'm worn down. I'm a little tired. I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you for the opportunity, but I'm going to retire. Why? What, now, listen, I, I don't want anything personally bad to happen to Dave Gettleman, but why 
does he get to walk in and retire or be told, you know, we're, we're going to put a big bow on this thing and, and you're going to retire? Why? Dave, Dave Gettleman has given the Giants the worst five-year run maybe you've ever seen in franchise history. Sir, best case scenario for the Gettleman apologist saying it's not that bad since the 1970s. That's how long it's been. So long, back in the 70s, the commissioner had to get involved and talk to the Mara contingent and say, you know what, maybe this George Young fella might go out there and help you out. We think this is probably the way to go. Well, where is that now? How, you know, can Goodell sit down with the Maras and the Tishes and say, you know what, maybe fill in the blank is the way you should go? But why on God's green earth are we sitting here and they, and they again, I, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I don't know Dave Gettleman from a hole in the wall. But why is he treated with such respect with the way he's handled himself here with the Giants? He's been a disaster is what he's been. You look at the Giants drafts, you look at the just the, the snide ways that he's handling himself and the, the I'm better than you kind of, you know, tone and mentality. It's embarrassing is what it is. That's what the Giants are. The Giants are embarrassing. Why? Listen, do I think Joe Judge is any great coach? I don't. I think, I think this thing starts from the GM and starts from the picks he's made. And what, what are those? I mean, he sat there and, and laughed. Oh, I mean, touched by the hand of God, right? Touched by the hand of God. How could we not take Saquon Barkley? Well, you know what? That was the wrong pick. And you knew it at the time, and now you know it more so now. I mean, what has he done that you look at and you say, yeah, you know what? That was good. And then he reaches for Daniel Jones, who you don't feel great about. He takes Will Hernandez, who is just, he's lousy. I mean, look at that draft. His first draft. Barkley, was it worth it? God, no. Will Hernandez, there was a time recently that Will Hernandez was like the, literally, I'm not even making up, the last guard ranked in pro football focus. Of all of the guards, that was the last one. Lorenzo Carter, B.J. Hill, Kyle Lawletta, R.J. McIntosh. That's a draft where you pick second. That's a draft. Is that a good draft? How about the next one? Daniel Jones, you love him? Dexter Lawrence, he's fine. DeAndre Baker, how'd that pan out? O'Shane Zimenez, Julian Love, he's fine. Ryan Connolly, Darius Slayton, who we are all, oh, what a steal, Darius Slayton. What, what is he? Has he played this year? I guess so, right? Last year, yes, Andrew Thomas looks good. Xavier McKinney looks good. And then where, where do you go? So this guy's had four drafts. Kadarius Toney this year, who in the eight minutes he played, looked like he might be pretty good. And Ojolari looks like he has potential. So this guy gave you... Four drafts. And how many players do you look at and say, yeah, you know what? I love that pick. Two? When you're picking second? Sixth? Fourth? Give me a break. I mean, th this goes down as one of the worst errors in a team's history. And I'm not saying football, period. So we can sit up there and be smug, and I know the game better than you. And, and I'm a football genius, and we got computer folks, and touched by the hand of God. But my question is, why? Why is this guy being treated, really, for lack of a better phrase, with such respect that Dave Gettleman gets to retire on his own terms? Why? Could you imagine if I came in here and just started, like, drooling on air 
for year after year. And I'm sure there's some of you like, well, Dave, you're not that good. You kind of do drool on air. But really, like that's what he did. He went there and he, he basically he drooled. I mean, he ruined this franchise. And now they're going to allow him kind of, sort of, on his own terms to retire. Jerry Reese, who won two Super Bowls, was fired midseason. And Dave Gettleman is allowed to retire. How does that make sense? You know what the truth is? And this is sad. I love, or loved, but I do, I, like, I love watching the Giants. It's one of my favorite things. It's, it, it, to me, it's, it's and, and every time it feels like the first time, like it's so exciting. 12.58 on a Sunday. I sit down on my couch, and no matter what's happening in the rest of my life with family or friends or work or whatever, it goes to the side, and it's just, it's a thrilling three hours for me. Not anymore. It's a chore is what it is. Dave Gettleman and the Giants have made watching and rooting and loving for this team a chore. I don't even have any excitement. I'll watch the game tomorrow because that's my DNA. Because that's what I do. Not because I'm excited by it. Not because I even want to. It's embarrassing. Being a Giants fan on January 8th, 2022 is embarrassing. And so help me God. And I, again, and I think it's unfair in some way. I don't know that Kevin Abrams can't do the job. But if they give it to a guy that's been involved with this organization, the fan base will freak out. It's time to rip the Band-Aid off and go outside the organization. So... We, we lead with the Giants, but we'll get into the Knicks and we'll get into the Nets and Nets get hammered at home last night by Milwaukee. And they, uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, whoever, they have no answer for Giannis. None. So, lot to do. 1-800-919-3776-1030. It's back. Stump Rothenberg. We start anew. We don't need records from last year. Maybe we'll put a bow on last year with the final tally. But we start anew. In 2022 with Stump Rothenberg. Now, Ty not here today, but I have a feeling Jake is going to do phenomenally well in his stead. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. All right, Rothenberg with you. Saturday morning, 9870 ESPN. Now, this is typically the point of the show where we bring in Ty and he has some obnoxious comments and we go back and forth and then he apologizes and and we move on. He's really like the Julius Randle of um, of producers, but we don't have that today because Ty is a little under the weather, but we do have maybe maybe an upgrade. I don't know. We have uh, the great Jake Montgomery. Good morning, Jake. Good morning, Dave. And if uh, Ty is the Julius Randle, can I be the R.J. Barrett? Like a game-winning, banking a shot off the glass kind of guy? That kind of guy. Exactly that kind. The bing-bong kind of guy. So you're done with the bing-bong. You, you got to stop with the bing-bong. I've been done with it. I kind of played it as a joke, but it's funny because MSG has completely stopped playing it. You know, they were actually playing it at the arena, and I guess it kind of, once that became the popular trend, you know, the Knicks have kind of been on a downfall since, so. it's ve- It's very annoying. It, it, it is it is just it's 
terribly annoying. Well, no, you know I'm, that that came from the the double overtime win against the Celtics. That video. So once they won with the buzzer beater, I thought there was going to be another crazy video. But so far, there haven't been no more no, bing bongs. Push it to the side. We don't want any part of that. Now, listen, I, 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 it was enjoyable at the beginning, and I thought it was cute, and I thought it was entertaining, and and I was there for it. And I'm um, I'm not anymore. And we got to move past. Knicks have been lousy. So yeah, I, I've had none of this. Now, you told me during the break. We went to break and we started conversing and, and you said that it makes you sad to see me like this with the Giants. Yeah, because, you know, I'm a big Giants fan, too. Nowhere, sure. nowhere close to you. But I think that's because my entire life, I just turned 28 last week. So I'm a little bit younger than you, but you're not a little bit. Younger, <laughs> I, you're 20 years I, younger. than I, me. I know I was being sarcastic, but realistically, more so in my life, at least the last 10 years, which is really the main part of my life where I enjoy and love sports. The Giants have been terrible. You know, I was in sixth grade for one of those Super Bowls. So do I remember it? Yes. But it feels more so like a childhood memory. And after all of these bad seasons from the Giants, I keep using that as kind of like the holding on to thing. Like, so oh, this is well, just the, the, you know what the sad thing is? It's just the norm for you. Like, like as an adult, you know, the Giants is a lousy football team. So I have two cousins that live in Chicago, both diehard Bears fans. You know when they're texting you, making fun of your football team? You know it's kind of like rock bottom. And at this point, you know, the Jets are the Jets, but I think the Giants are kind of more so the Jets at this point. The Giants are, are worse than the Jets right and, now. And Dave, I, mean, I have some bad news for you. Oh, God. It doesn't get much better because I saw a thing with the projected 2022 cap space. You know, oh, they, have no, they have no money. They're the fifth least projected cap space. How does a four-win team have the fifth least projected cap space? It's the way I started the show. Gettleman. I mean, that's how bad this guy has been. Remember, the Giants were not expected to be a four-win team this year, and you're going to get the the very few and and, and far and in between people that are going to sit here and say, well, you know, if Daniel Jones doesn't get hurt, if Daniel Jones doesn't get hurt, then what? This is a a six-win team? But the Giants were expected to go to the postseason or compete for the playoffs. And we sat here and we, we ran through. I mean, now you had Kadarius Toney. And now you had Kenny Galladay. And now you've got Saquon Barkley. And, yeah, you're going to get the other side of people that are going to sit here and say, well, you know, the reason that that's, that's not going to play out is because of the injuries and, and Jones and everybody. I don't want to hear it. I don't. Dave Gettleman has been an atrocity. And the reason that they're so bad and the reason, like you just mentioned, that they have no money under the cap, is for that reason, because of Dave Gettleman. Yeah, I would agree with that. And with Joe Judge, too, I've been trying to think, like, what are my thoughts on him? Do I want him around? You know, he started off in COVID, so I get that, and a lot of injuries this year. But then I really thought about it, and the Philadelphia Eagles are making the playoffs this year. That's right. And they have a first-time head coach and a quarterback who had four games experience coming into this season. So Here's what I would say. Let's if stop are, making excuses for the, the Giants. Mindset. If you are of the mindset that, that you, I, I can't imagine anybody wants Dave Gettleman to return, but if you're of the mindset that Gettleman and or Joe Judge should return, you're tremendously grasping at straws. Tremendously. Because I will ask you this. Right now, who looks like the more competitive, functional football team? The Giants or the Jets? <laughs> They're both not. No, I know. Listen, I'm not sitting here to tell you the Jets are great. I know. But who looks better at the moment? You would think that the Jets have more future pieces put in place. The Jets, listen, the Jets just went toe to toe with Tampa Bay and should have beaten them. Yeah, and Tampa the Bay was banged up, and Antonio Brown was, you know, 
maybe uh, on drugs what, on the side. Whatever. But you know what, whatever. I get what you're saying. What, the Giants just got him, I mean, uh, hammered by Chicago, destroyed and, and humiliated by Chicago. All right, who looks better, the Giants or the Houston Texans right now? <laughs> That's sad that we're even asking this question. Well, you know what? Outside of the Jaguars, I think you could say the every other team in the NFL looks better than the Giants right now. Well, offensively, if you really want to talk about the offense, you know, I told you a few weeks ago, they haven't scored 30 points offensively in, I think, two years. But years. In years. But, it's, been, it's been years. But since Joe Judge was hired, they are dead last, 32nd in points per game, yards per game, yards per play, and red zone efficiency. So clearly, you know, watching these games, and I know you feel the same way, when you watch two other NFL teams play... It's like a football game. Oh, you, just, you just forget what it felt like. The Giants and Jets, what we watch, is not a watchable product. No, it's not. And the, and the Jets are better than the Giants at the moment. But you're right. It's just, it's, it's awful. But you know what? The best thing to happen for the Jets is the Giants. It, it really... Because if the Giants were functional, I, I think the Jets would just... They, they'd probably get hammered. Now, I know it's early stages, but I mean, Robert Sala, defensive mind... Their defense has been, you know, like all-time bad this season. It's, it's a bad state. New York football's in a bad state. I do think the Jets are way past. I think the Giants might have to tear it down. Like, you're five years into not having had a win. It's amazing. Not having had a winning record for a minute in the last five years. And you now might have to tear it down? You pick second. You pick six. You pick four. You pick 20 after trading back. And now you might have to tear it down? So, Dave, I have a question for you. Yeah. So, Gettleman, you said it leaked that he's going to retire after the game tomorrow. Correct? That, yeah, that's what I've seen. Those are the rumors. Sources, so, yeah. say you get a phone call tomorrow after the game, and they offer you the position. Me? You. Yes, Dave. They say I you are— I might be more qualified than you. <laughs> I think you yeah. might be, and you are so passionate that, you know, people will know that you're really trying to win and you're not there for the wrong reasons. But my question for you is, what would be the first few moves that you make? What would you do with those two first-round draft picks? Would you trade them? People say, oh, trade it for Russell Wilson. Well, I can't sit here and definitively tell you, to be honest. I, I, I don't want to cop out. Yeah, I have to try to fix the offensive line. But here's the thing. You know, I have to look and see what value I see later in the draft. Like, do I look and if I'm – let's, for argument's sake, say the Giants are picking, I think, what are they in that, five and nine at the moment. So let's just say that that's, that stands true and they're five and nine. Do I – is there a quarterback that I love? Do I love Kenny Pickett? Can I get him in the second round? Do I take him at nine? Do I believe in Daniel Jones? Like, these are all the things that have to be ironed out. Do, what, what do I look at with this with this draft, right? Is there a guy that I think will be there at 12 that I love? If so, mate, can I can I trade back and stockpile picks? Like, all these things have to be taken into account. If, you, if you're going to make me stay at 5 and 9, oh, boy. I mean, do I, ju- do I just load up and take two offensive linemen? I, I think the, the most likely scenario— is the Giants take the best offensive lineman available? Now, there's a couple. There's a kid from Mississippi State who is it Mississippi State cross supposed to be excellent. Um, NC State, so the center from Iowa. I don't know that Neil out of Alabama is going to be there when they pick at five, but I'm going to grab one of those guys, and I'm probably going to grab the the best defensive player slash edge rusher available, and that's how I'm going to I'm going to slowly start. Now, remember, I have two third round picks. Right, I have a high second round pick, so I should be able to. It's amazing to me that it's been so long, and the offensive line is still a disaster. The one thing that I have to have happen at the end of this draft is the offensive line has to be functional, and it can't be the laughing stock of the NFL. But there is a lot of work to be done.
So we'll, we'll jump off here. We'll get to your Giants calls. We'll get into the Knicks, Julius Randle, the quasi-apology, Stump Rothenberg in an hour. Uh, very busy show on the first Saturday that we're here with you in January. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. All right, Rothenberg with you, 98.7 ESPN. Let's get to the calls. We've been, I mean, we're 30 minutes in. We haven't taken one call yet. I blame you, Jake. You just were droning on and on. It wouldn't let me get to the callers. But that's fine. That's a bad job by you. But it's okay. you're learning on your feet. You have your work cut out for you. To be running point on Stump Rothenberg all by yourself at 1030 this morning, that's a lot of work for you, my friend. It's a lot, Dave. But I also thought, you know, you go on all these Giants France. I thought you would want someone to join in for once. No, no, I, I was just I was just messing with you. Okay. I'm happy to have you here today. I'm happy to be back. I've got, I'm happy I, by you're the way, feeling I've gotten better. numerous tweets saying it's an upgrade over time. <laughs> I don't know about that. But, again, I appreciate the kind words. You want me to read two of them to you? If you would like. I don't need to. Does, does your ego need that or, or do you not? You said there's two. I'll take one. How about that? Okay. Um, Robert Zamarius says this guy is so much nicer and kinder than the normal guy you have on Saturday morning. <laughs> well, that's because you and Ty butt heads, but that's also because he's a Jets fan. So we're on the same team with a lot of stuff. We're on opposite yeah, sides. I, of- I find that he's just he's confrontational. Well, I don't know if you saw, but he's become this big TV star. Did you see him on the Michael K show all week? I, he's a big star. He yeah, is. So maybe he's too big for us now. Maybe uh, that's why he's so. not here today. That's pro- probably so. He's probably home sleeping. He's, he's gearing up for when he uh, gets back onto the Michael K show. All right. Let's get to some of these calls. 1-800-919-3776. I mean, we know him. We love him. We start out with Cullum in the Bronx. Good morning, Cullum. How are you? Good morning, Dave, and my one of my favorites is Jake Montgomery. How you guys doing? Uh, we're hanging in there. We're doing all right. Yeah. Um, so really quick, I wanted to say something about the Knicks and the Giants. Um, really quick with the with the Knicks and Julius Randle is I'm not offended by his you know his apology and all that stuff. I think it's fine. You know, we're New Yorkers. We're we're hard headed. We're thick headed. We're we got tough skin. He was mad. He's upset. He's passionate. And he, he walked it back a little bit. I'm all good. We can move on. Now, with the, with the whole New York Giants and the Joe Judge of it all, I, I, this whole organization has offended me. What they do and how, they're, and how they praise, you know, Dave Gettleman and letting him walk off into the sunset is offensive. The way Joe Judge talks and how he lies, and how he says how, how much smarter he is and how we don't understand what's going on in the background is just offensive. If your wife, Dave, made a meal and she brought out the meal and it was terrible and she said, well, you don't know what I'm doing behind the scenes in the kitchen. You have no idea. Does that make all the difference? That she no. And you know, and you know what? The, the truth of it is, Cullum, if she brought out a meal that was god awful, you know what I would say to her and say? And I would tell her and everybody, I said, this, this stinks. This is garbage, is what I would say. And nobody, exactly. here's the thing. Exactly. And Cullum, you're right. Nobody wants excuses. Nobody wants to hear that, oh, behind the scenes, we're doing great. We're having these phenomenal practices. You're right. Nobody cares. You think that other teams aren't dealing with COVID? You think other teams aren't dealing with injury? You think other teams aren't dealing with in-house issues? Everybody deals with it. Some teams can deal with it. Some teams can't. The Giants can't. Now, do I think that talent-wise, they're at the level of some of these other teams? No. But do I think that Joe Judge has done a good job with this team? God, no. 
He's, it's brought him to the point where they took a bad team and they made it absolutely unwatchable. And that's, that's a fireable offense. I think so. Uh, and again, I, I don't think this is an thanks for the call. I don't think this is cut and dry. I don't think this is decided upon yet. Maybe it is. Maybe maybe it's just wishful thinking for me. What I heard is this is this is really fifty fifty. I know he's angered Ron Rivera now. I mean, the Washington I think is going to try to go out there and embarrass the Giants. You know, and this is what I say: like, like, if is it not decided? Is is Brass looking to see how this final week plays out? Which would be strange, right? If they were waiting to determine what they were going to do with Joe Judge based on a, I mean, a completely meaningless game against Washington, but maybe maybe the the ownership wants to see how the team responds and how he responds and how he handles himself in a post game press conference. There's no way that Giants brass could have heard this guy last Sunday after that Bears game and thought this is this you know what this is the guy we need in charge. There's there is no way. Now I want to get to more of your calls. I don't know if you if you saw this. But let me read it to you quickly. This is from Julius Randle. He put it out on Instagram. Is it an apology? Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe something like that. Um, there's no there's no actual apology here. But let, let me read to you what he wrote. Quick, a uh, couple of paragraphs. Just want to send a quick message to our fans and be clear. I love New York City and being part of this team and this franchise. And like most Knicks fans, I'm really passionate about us being successful. My family and I love how the fans and New Yorkers have embraced and accepted us and have made us feel great about our decision to commit long-term with the team this past summer. This support means the world to us. I understand that my actions also represent the league, the organization, and the city, and that I should have handled things last night differently and expressed myself with more professionalism and more appropriate language in the heat of the moment. My comment was an example of how sometimes you say things that you regret to people you love, even if it came from a place of passion and deep love. Nobody wants to win more than me, and I will continue to show loyalty and dedication to my teammates and the entire Knicks organization and the fans who have shown me and my family so much love. I'm going to keep focusing on the future. So here, here's the thing. Ultimately, does this matter? No, you'll remember this, and it's a bad look for him. But if he goes out there and tonight gives you 33 and 16 and Monday night gives you you know 29 and 18 and the Knicks win, nobody's going to care. Nobody will care. And that's what it is. Nobody is booing you because they don't like you. They're booing you because they're frustrated. They're angry. They're annoyed at what this has become. That's the truth. And you were an MVP caliber player last year. You were never going to win the MVP, but you were you were you were certainly all NBA. He was great. And this year, and let's be honest, Julius Randle has not been good, especially for what you're paying for him, for what you expected from him. And people are angry, and people are annoyed. And you know what? When you're great in New York, you're going to know. And when you stink in New York, you're going to know that too. And if that if if he's too thin skinned to deal with that, then How's this? How, I mean, how's it going to work out if the guy can't take a little booing? Really, really, and and now we're at the the, the level of immaturity that oh, I'm going to give you the, the thumbs down. You just saw it. That's the thing that's so dumb. You just saw it. You just saw Baez and Lindor do it. And how did that work out for them? Not so well, right? And now you're going to come back and and do the same stupid thing? Come on, be better. At least he came out and quasi apologized. Let's go to Matt in Queens. Matt, you're next up on 98.7. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Um, What's going on, Matt? How you doing, buddy? Question. Good, good, good. I asked you this question the other day. I don't think you answered it. I may be putting you on the spot with this question. You may not want to answer it. but don't, don't Don't give us an answer like, well, we don't know if he wants to do it or whatever. Well, I need All the right? question to answer the question. Okay. 
So what do you think of um, – oh, God. Oh, God. It's being slipped my mind for a second. The what is, GM what? who's on your air. Tenenbaum, Mike Tenenbaum. What do you Mike think of Tenenbaum? Tenenbaum? Uh, I, yeah. I would, I would yeah. be fine with Mike Tenenbaum. I would be fine with Mike Tenenbaum. I think Mike Tenenbaum is a, a very smart GM in this league. Listen, the last time the Jets were relevant, he was running the ship. So uh, does that answer the question? I, I hope so. I'm not trying to avoid anything. I think that Mike Tenenbaum is smart. He's good. Listen, almost anything is going to be an upgrade after what we've seen. But you got to ha- have the right GM. You don't have the right GM, and you're in, you're in a terrible situation. Let's go to Paul in D.C. Paul, you're, you're on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Dave, stop being a fraud. Stop whining like a baby. Hey, hang on, hang on a second, on Paul. Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. How am I a fraud? How am I a fraud? How am I a fraud? I hate fans like you who just complain, complain, complain. You, you know what? Are, do you have any sense? Really, really. Do you have? Why are you calling me? I'm yelling. Listen, I can talk louder than you, Paul. So if you want to talk and I want to talk, I'm going to win the battle every time. If you want to have a conversation, we can do that. How am I a fraud? You're a fraud because you whine, you don't put ideas on the table, and you you, you pick them to win the damn championship uh, NFC East this year. That's why you're fraud. So, so now I'm a fraud. Fraud. Okay, so so because I and everybody else thought the Giants were going to have a much more successful season than they have, I'm a fraud? Yes, because it was staring you in the face you weren't going to win the damn NFC East. So how does that make me a fraud? Because, because it's... When you're that idiotic, you're a fraud candidate, fraud fan. Put, a, yeah, put yeah. some name and idea on the table who you want who, to who, who, the GM. So obviously you're not a Giants fan, right? Who do you root for, Paul? Put a, put a name on the table. Paul, do you, do you have ears or are they not attached to your head? Who do you root for? What does it matter? Because uh, I'm asking no, you a question. I'm asking you a question, you, Paul, because you call up and you oh, look at me, I bought that guy. I got you're a fraud. You're not a real fan. I'm more of a fan than you are, Paul. Who do you root for? Who do you? I can win this battle every day. You will never out yell and out talk me, Paul. Blah, blah. I will sit here and read the alphabet. I will sit here and just talk. I will filibuster for the next nine hours. Paul, before I let you continue talking until I ask you a question. Paul, you will never win this battle. So I'm going to ask you again. Paul, who do you root for? Paul, Paul, Paul. I'm going to give you one more chance, and then, and then, like like the, the, the piece of excrement you are, I'm going to hang up on you. Paul, one more time, and then you go goodbye. Who do you root for? I answered you, and I'll answer you again. For the NFC East, Champion Dallas Cowboys. Oh, and there we go. And and, all right, goodbye, Paul. And there we have it. So I see what's happened. So Paul is offended. And Paul is hurt. And Paul and, and you wonder why people detest the Cowboys and their fans. See, the Giants are irrelevant. Right? He's in the penthouse. I'm in the sub-basement. And yet, for some reason, the Giants are living rent-free in Paul's head. Paul, why do you care about the Giants? Your team won the division. Your team looks like they have a chance to do something in the postseason. You have a, a couple of terrific players on defense. You have a quarterback that you love. You have a good offensive line. So why are you so concerned about the Giants? And see, here's the thing. Was I, you want to say, dumb 
off base in saying I thought the Giants would win the division back months ago? Absolutely. Am I a fraud? I mean, really. And I'm sure, Paul, you've said a lot of dumb things in your life because you sound like you're not overly intelligent. But I'm not a fraud. I'm not a fraud. All right? Am I misguided at times? Sure. But a fraud means, do you even know what a fraud means? That you're not like a legitimate fan of the team you root for. The last, you could say like a million descriptors about me. The last one you would say is that I'm a fraud. I love the Giants. It's the only team I love in the NFL. I'll root for them no matter what. I haven't missed a game since I'm three. I'm not a fraud. I'll watch the game tomorrow. I'll sit here and tell you every player on the team. I, I, I literally, I mean, I, I, I took out a loan to go to the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 35. How am I a fraud? Jake, well, you would agree with me, right? You can be honest. I you're, actually you're, just I just stopped laughing from that, so I'm glad you asked me now. Because if you asked me a minute ago, I just would have been hysterically laughing on air. Like, like to describe me as a fraud, even if you don't <laughs> like me, which is fine. I, I'm sure a lot of people don't like me, and I don't care, and that's fine. But, but a fraud? You could say a lot of things about Dave Rothenberg, but being a fraud Giants fan is certainly not one of them. What a, what a terrible call. Did you know it was going to go there, by the way? I didn't know it was that. And also, he's a Cowboys fan. I thought once I saw Washington, D.C., I thought maybe he was a football team fan. Um, but, yeah, I figured once he started going at you like that, I knew it was someone in the NFC East. He, and mind he, by, you, by he way. said you said you predicted the Giants to win the, the Super Bowl or championship, and then he kind of backtracked to going to the NFC East, which is a big difference since the winner of the NFC East had, what, last year, seven wins? Seven wins. A big you, you difference. Know, you, know what I don't, you know what I don't like, by the way? And this concerns me because I said to him, I said, who do you root for? And he said, in the NFC East, the Cowboys. So what does that mean? Like he has a team in every division? Yeah, you or, should have asked his favorite team in the I, AFC I could, North I couldn't and continue West. I couldn't because because that was a that's a bad person. I think I think you and this would be bright if you did put him on so that that would happen. I thought it might be good radio, and I think a lot of the listeners might agree. Was we that had, good radio? I have some, yeah, I have some very funny uh, some clips from that for sure. I wasn't going to let him out talk me, by the way. I think everyone heard that. Yes, Dave. Yeah. Okay, thank you. All right, 1-800-919-3776. You can call me a lot of things. Do not call me a fraud. 1-800-919-3776. We'll get to the Knicks. We'll get to the Nets. Tough loss for them last night. But again, every loss for the Nets in the regular season, I'm just like, all right, whatever. The regular season is meaningless for Brooklyn. All that matters is what they do in the postseason. Here, here, here's how it works. They win a championship, and it's a success. They do not win a championship, and it's a failure. That's it. So we'll get to that as well. Stump Rothenberg coming your way 1030. Busy Saturday morning. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. He's pompous. Listen, shut up, and I'll tell you the story. He's arrogant. Do you think there's a lot of things out there that I wouldn't be good at? And sometimes he's downright mean. I know you know what that's like, to be that uncomfortable, pimply-faced, not very popular kid. (laughs) But now it's your chance to prove him wrong. It's dumb. Call 800-919-3776 with your question, and let's stump Dave Rothenberg. All right, we'll see. I don't know. Most people have not had tremendous success. Stump Rothenberg, 9870 ESPN, brought to you by Slowmans. Now, Jake, 
Yes, Dave. We flipped the calendar. This is now 2022 where the, the, the slate is clean. So you're at 500 right now. We're, we are at 0-0. Zero, zero. But I think unlike the Giants, we have a chance to get above 500 and, and maybe live there. But how did we close out 2021? So your 2021 record for Stump Rothenberg was, and again, I'm not a big math guy, mm-hmm. but you were 358 and 74. And I That's think that is good, yes? pretty good. Again, not a big math guy, but I think that is pretty good. It's a lot of questions. It is a lot of questions. And I think we are going to start off, you know, on a hot note to start off 2022. Now, do you have, because Ty's not here today, he's a little under the weather, do you have um, the five-pack... Um, barrage in round two ready so to go. i have you know ty usually does the rapid fire in the college round i yep. usually go in the first round so with ty out today i am picking up the slack i do have rapid fire college questions for now him. do you have a first round question as well if we you, need it you know me i would no, not see, miss you're very well prepared. i would never miss them this is my favorite segment on radio is that true it really you, are is you true. only saying that because you're closely tied to this segment? Well, now I was a big fan before I became, you know, a part of the show. And again, for all the callers or people that are like, he's cheating, he's Googling. As someone that is, you know, somewhat new to the show, I can tell you right now that this man is not cheating. No. He is a genius. He's, you know, know he's that. unhinged. He's he's a lot Stop of Stop it. Right, you know what? You, you, you did a great job <laughs> by saying that, that uh, I'm not cheating. All right. All right. Let's get a stump because I know the listeners are waiting. Um, yes, let's go. Okay, let's start out with, we'll go right in order. We'll start at the top and work our way down. Jamal and Yonkers. Good morning, Jamal. For the first time in 2022, you lead us off on Stump Good Rothenberg. Good morning, Dave. Happy New Year. How you Same doing? Same to you. I'm good. All right. Um, I hope I'll be the first to give you your first L of 2022. You might. Um, um, all right, the question is about movies. We just lost the great city 48 a couple days ago. Great actor and everything. He won the Oscar as a uh, as a black man, the first black man to win the best actor Oscar in 1964. What was the movie he won it for? Lilies of the Field. Oh, damn it. All right. I so, think that's my favorite part of Stump, too. Their reactions. The reaction. Oh, man. Like, they, yeah. all morning they thought, like, oh, I got this great question. Going to stump Dave, waking up early to stump Dave, and then in, with a split second. That just that no dreams time. are crushed. Now, up. let me ask you this. How, is it even humanly possible that there was cheating on that one? Unless you have the greatest Wi-Fi in the world, I don't Come on. So. How could I – you know what? Come on. No, I'm, I'm saying I agree with you. Unless no you have cheating. the, the most ama- – if you're Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos and you can afford that type of Wi-Fi, then that's the only way you're cheating. Let's go down the list. Luke in Connecticut. Luke, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. What's up, Dave? All right. Uh, let's go, Rangers. It continues from last year. All right. In honor of the late, great Madden, mm-hmm. which, by the way, you guys didn't do a lot of coverage to well, he he passed um, away. I, I don't even think I mentioned it at all. He passed away uh, when I was when I was out. Yeah. Oh, I know, but I figured when you come back, he would. But anyway, all right. You know the Madden video game franchise. Uh, I do. What was the last year? Yeah. What was the last year he was commentary on the franchise? Oof. So this is going to be a, a, an absolute guest. Um. Uh, 
So the so I guess he doesn't he doesn't do it anymore, right? No. Um. I'll say. I mean, I I really have no idea. I'm gonna say two thousand and. Two thousand and twelve. All right, that's the way we start off uh, the new year. No, two thousand eight. Oh, so you hold on for round two. There you go. That's one. Um, so we're one and one starting out. Robert Monmouth. Robert, you're on Stump Rothenberg. Hey, good morning, Dave. How you doing? Good, Rob. How you doing? Good, thanks. So I have a movie question for you. Okay. Who was the last person to win the Best Supporting Actress Oscar in their very first movie role? Ooh. So her first ever... First ever movie role. Yes. It's not a bad question. Um... Hmm. Is it, is it somewhat recent? So, is it Lapita Nyong'o? Wow. Yep. It's right? Sure in, 12 in 12 years, 12 years a Slave, correct? Yep. 12 Years yep. a Slave. You got it. There that you go. Great. Okay. All right, so that's two and one. That was a good job by me, Jake. Yeah, that was a good pull right there for sure. And yes, it was somewhat recent. So when I got asked that question, I was like, "All right, you know, it's a tough question. It's supporting actress, not you know, best actress." But that was kind of a big deal that that was her first feature film, and she ended yep. up winning such a huge award. So all right, two good, and one. Good job De- by you. Thank you, Dion in Queens. Dion, have at it. You're on Stump Rothenberg. Oh, happy New Year, Dave. I have a question uh, regarding U.S. presidents in football. Okay. Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan, and Dwight Eisenhower all played college football. Out of the three, who's the only one to play against an NFL team while still in college and also received offers to play professional football after college? I believe it was Gerald Ford. You're the man, Dave. Yeah. You are the man. At Michigan. So that's that's three and one. Um, rolling right along here, Jake. I feel like we've had a good start to uh, to 2022. Not Steven too shabby. Brooklyn. Steve, Steve lo- I mean, nobody loves Stump Roth ever more than Steve. Go ahead, Steve. Is he there? Steve? I give him that whole build up, and then he, yeah, he bails no, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. All right, Steve. All right, so I made a slight audible. I hope Jake doesn't mind, but I have a topical baseball question for you. Okay. Which is rare in the lockout era, but I have a topical one here. Go ahead. Okay, so Eric Chavez's 260 home runs are the most among third basemen to never make an all-star team. So my question is, which player has the most career home runs among players who never made an all-star team? Hmm. And this is a modern modern age, like Rogers Hornsby is technically the answer, but it wasn't really the All Star game. So we've got. So when when are you when are you giving it to like, modern guys? What when is this from? 
These are all modern guys from the, same, from the All-Star era. Which player is the most home runs among players to never make an All-Star team? How about Tim Salmon? <clears throat> 299 home runs. Tim Salmon, you got it. Boom. Now, you said when he called and was on hold, he, he, he was like, when I stump him with the first question, I got my second question ready to go, and he, he was really very confident. <laughs> well, yes? he, he did say on air he, he, he did an audible, so that was a different question than, you know, he asked me. But you That still was got, not an easy question. It was though. not an easy question, but I just, yeah, he, when he called in, he said, I have a, after I get by the first round, I have a college question for Dave. And I just thought, you know, let's, yeah, slow, our, let's slow our roll a little bit. So what are we, four and one? We are now 4-1. and one. All right. Let's go to Chris and Beth Page, who also adores this segment. Uh, hello, Chris. Hey, Dave. Uh, it's an honor to follow Steve from Brooklyn because uh, he, always, he always comes with the goods. Um, anyhow, Dave, uh, I got a mini research team because I needed that for four years of tackling you and uh, your greatness. So this comes from my son. Okay, my son okay good. The next generation. I love okay. it. Exactly. So. He wants you to say, he wants you to know who is the last player to lead off the game with a home run and to hit a walk-off homer in the same game. Oh. Obviously, and it's happened six times in Major League history, six times. Who is the most recent guy to do it? It's a rarity. It's only happened six times. Who is the last guy to do it? And again, just to clarify, if you lead off the game with a home run, you are the away team. So, or oh, so the home team. The home, so you're saying the first batter from the home team led off the game. It wasn't correct. All right, cool. All right, so I think Ian Kinsler did it, but I don't know that he's the last one to do it. So it, it so you you have to be the road team to accomplish this. No, 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 the home team because you lead off. You're the home team. You lead off the game. For so your you're leading off team. the bottom of the first. See, I think Chris Young did it with the Diamondbacks, but I don't know that that's the answer. And Kinsler, I'm confident, did it. Because I remember reading about that. I'm going to guess between one of these two, but I don't... It's only been done six times, huh? And by the way, this guy that did it, the last guy that did it, he's the only one that did it in regulation in the nine-inning game. Everyone else did it next Oh, game. that's interesting. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Chris Young of the Diamondbacks. And you'd be right, David. Very good. There we go. Dave, right, you're so sick. You're we'll sick in the head. Th that's only happened six times, and the fact that you got two out of the six within seconds just— Kinsler is also correct? <laughs> Kinsler is also correct. He wasn't the last one. You just got the last one. But the fact that in seconds you were able to get two out of the six when I know myself and a lot of the listeners easily could not name one without question. So that's good, yes? It means you're a very smart man. Thank you. All right, you're up. What do you got? All right, so my question is— uh, there's a lot of weird things with this NFL season because it is, you know, 18 weeks. So a lot of these records that could possibly be broken, a lot of people might think of it as like an asterisk. But my question, I mean, without a doubt, Jonathan Taylor has had an historic season. Correct. He became the youngest player in NFL history to record 2,000-plus scrimmage yards and 20-plus touchdowns in a single season. He is only 22 years old. He broke a 23-year-old's record. So who was that player, the 23-year-old? So, so it's 23 years ago, or this guy's 23 years old? No, so Jonathan record. Taylor is 22 years old, becoming the youngest player, so mm. he broke a 23-year-old. At the time, he was 23-year-old when he broke the record for being the youngest player 
to record 2,000-plus scrimmage yards I'm and 20-plus touchdowns. I'm going to say from, from East Carolina. I don't know if this is right, though. Chris, uh, Chris Johnson. Well, Chris Johnson does have the most scrimmage yards ever. How, he doesn't have the 20 touchdowns, huh? That is correct. So the correct answer. Hang on, you get it. You win. That's fine. Let me get another. Uh, Steven Jackson. You want to go 0 for 2? I'll, I'll go 0 for as many as it takes. All right. So let's see if you can go 0 for 3. Eric Dickerson. And there you finally got it there. So I'll give you that. You know, no, no, no. I'm not. That, that's incorrect. But at least I finally got it. All right. So I'll give you the the, the wrong answer there. But anyway, you still were able to pull it out, which is very impressive. But you do end. You did get that wrong. So that is four and two, which is still a pretty good start to 2022. Not, not terrible. All right. We'll take a couple more regular questions, and then we'll go rapid fire. We'll do that next. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven. Seven six Luke in Connecticut, who got me in the first round, has a chance for the Daily Double to start off 2022. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. And we continue with Stump Rothenberg. Now, Jake, um, where, where do we finish off uh, segment one? So we are four and two. So not unbelievable, but pretty good. I thought we did well in Hey, if the Giants started 4-2, and two, would you be oh, happy? I, I, I'm happy. We'd have a, a parade down the canyon of heroes if the Giants started at 4-2. and two. So, yes, I'd be more, more than happy. Um, now, you uh, you have the five-pack that you're going you're gonna to let loose in just a couple of minutes. We also have a couple of people who, who have the college question as well. But nobody's in a better position than Luke in Connecticut as he goes for the daily double. Now, Luke, you know the you know the parameters of this, yes? Skill position player if it's NFL or uh, or college player in the NBA 80s, 90s, or 2000s, yes? That's that's the ideal. Yeah, I got it. I, my guy lands in that. Uh, all right. A little bit nervous. It's like trying don't to beat be, the big brother. Don't be nervous. You've already, you've already slayed the beast in uh, round one. Yeah, I know. Um... Let's see. Uh, I'm a Niners fan, so J.J. Stoke. UCLA. Oh, come on. That's the reaction that you love, right, Jake? I love it. And you know which one's my favorite, right? Oh, the woman. Good Lord, you're good. Yeah. Easily my favorite, without question. That's made like uh, promos of other shows now. That is one of my favorite drops at the entire station. Oh, there's some great drops at the station. So now we're five and two. Let's continue along. Let's go to uh, Dwayne in New Jersey. Dwayne, you're on Stump Rothenberg. All right, Dave. This one is um, maybe a little bit easy. It's uh, Norm Nixon, Lakers great. Norm Nixon, who wore number 10, I believe. Yes? Mm, Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, Norm Nixon, who was, in fact, married to Debbie Allen. Uh, I don't know if you knew that. Correct. Um, Norm Nixon, who uh, went to Duquesne, that Norm Nixon? That Norm Nixon That Norm Nixon. And that's another one in the, uh, the win column. We'll take, uh, we'll take one more. Let's go to Dave in Queens. Dave, you're next up on Stump Rothenberg. Dave, thanks. Uh, thanks, Lomans. Thanks, Jake. Um, I want to tell you, I think Tatum O'Neill was the first to do it. I don't know if you guys could check that. Um, I'm the supporting actress. Um, and he said, he said who, who, was the, who was the last was the question. Oh, the question was the last. My apologies. Yeah, the, the and then my question would be do. Vern Fleming. Vern Fleming, University of Georgia. All right. You're the man. Thank you. Oh! Really? 
Vern Fleming on those Georgia teams with Dominique Wilkins. Very, very good back in the early 80s. All right, so, Jake, where do we sit right now? <laughs> I'm just laughing that he thanked you at the end. He was like, oh, all right, thank you. Like, he was <laughs> – I just really like that. Well, because, I mean, when you, you know, have brushed greatness – Thank you for your service. Right, when you have brushed greatness and you, you're now ready to go on with your day, you, you appreciate what you've just encountered, no? That's very fair. And I, the reactions today have been very solid. Uh, now, you have a five-pack, correct? Yeah, so Ty usually hits you with a five-pack of rapid fire. So in honor of Ty and, you know, not being here today, I figured I'd step in, you know, his shoes, maybe get on TV soon and become a big superstar and leave the show, uh, too. I think, I think you have tremendous stardom in your future. I appreciate that. So let's start off with Keith Van Horn. The University of Utah. And that is correct. The next one, Giants great Brandon Jacobs. Now, Brandon Jacobs is an interesting one. Because he started, I believe, at Auburn. But that's probably not what you're looking for. That is not what I'm... At Southern Illinois. And that is the one, yes, I am indeed looking for. That is correct. The next one, Nick's great, Kurt Thomas. TCU. Now, Kurt Thomas. Why? Like, how do you know that? Well, I'll tell you what. Off the top of your head. Kurt Thomas. Can he play the the applause, please? Thank you. Kurt Thomas, one of the very few in the history of college basketball to lead the nation in scoring and rebounding. And when was that, like 1940? No, Kurt Thomas? I'm, I'm just kidding. It's been a while since we've had the Kurt Thomas days at MSG. Sorry. But he is a great nonetheless. All right, so let's go on to question number four. Saints wide receiver Marquise Colston. Hofstra. That is correct, and I only added that one because I actually saw him play a bunch in college, and he was incredible. Hofstra that doesn't have a football <laughs> yes, program Yes, they anymore. no longer have a football program. But they actually had a, a, quite a few guys that, that made it to the NFL. Absolutely. Can I get, can I get the applause? Yes, oh! I was waiting, you know, but whatever. And the final one that I have for you today mm-hmm. is Sean Marion. UNLV. And that is what I call greatness, my friend. So where did we finish out today, then? So, on that final college segment, you went a perfect 8-0. Of course, Mm -hmm. that is your wheelhouse. And on the first segment, you went 4-2, so a final score to start 2022 at 12-2. So, that's pretty good, yes? Pretty good. And not only that, I was one of those two to stump you. So, it's a great start to the year. Now, you asked me your five were kind of your daily double uh, options, and you didn't succeed there, though. I failed on all five, correct. All right, so I just want to, to confirm that that's, in, in fact, the case. That so, is still listen, in play. You can, you can live with the fact that you stumped me, and good for you, but 12-2. and two. And, and I will say this. I know people say, oh, anytime somebody stumps you, you always say it's not a good question. When was the last time Madden voiced Madden? Did, did you love that question? I did not. Um, but, again, it is kind of relevant with the passing of him. Oh, absolutely. And him being a big part of the game. I, I do remember as a kid when all of a sudden you didn't hear his voice on the video game anymore. It was a little different. So little little jarring. Exactly. So we had Sidney Poitier. We had uh, John Madden. And just another legend that passed away that I just wanted to mention because I saw a stat that Betty was incredible. White. Betty White. And this stat is really incredible. Betty White was alive for all 27 of the Yankees World Series titles, which is pretty amazing. It's, it's amazing that you would, you would tie in Betty White's <laughs> well, glorious some, 99, almost 100 years of life into, into the Yankees. Into the Yankees. And some yeah. jerk on Twitter wrote, well, if she passed away 10 years ago, she still would have been alive for all uh, you 27. You know what? He's right. So, he, just he, a bad guy. He, he, yeah, but, but accurate. <laughs> 
You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring All right, the big 11 o'clock hour. Rothenberg and Bell with you. It's been weeks and weeks. A lot has gone on in my life and R.J. Bell's life. And now we reconvene and get you ready for week 18. Good morning, R.J. Bell. How are you? Happy New Year. What's been going on with you, Dave? I've, I've been very sick, actually. I've had COVID terribly. Oh, my gosh. How are you feeling now? Uh, not great <laughs> by, by any stretch. Well, but I mean, well, you, can, you, you can lean on me, buddy. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I really, it has, uh, it has been, it has been very rough. Uh, I had 103 fever for like four days. Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I actually had to. I never take sick days. I I didn't work Monday and Tuesday of this week. It's been a, a very rough road. But enough about me. How are you? Good, good. You know, I I I'm not sure because I didn't go in, but I'm pretty sure I caught the uh, the very mild Omicron variant. Oh, you're lucky but, that it was very mild. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was like two days of like a pretty hard, you know, pretty hardcore flu. But then, you know, it felt like. But then that was it. So. But apparently, the again, I'm not a doctor, but apparently the Omicron, even the you know mild variant, gives you protective uh, you know antibodies against all of it. So I almost kind of hope it was that. Yeah, of course. Now that, now that you're done with it, you would. All right, we don't need to spend the, the entire show on, well, on, you know, you on, on COVID and, and the variant. But you know what's a big deal? And I'm sure you heard it. Uh, online gambling, sports variety, legal in New York, 9 o'clock this morning. Oh, I mean, this is perfect. It's like they, the in-game bat. I mean, they can be listening and batting at the same moment. I mean, this this is tremendous stuff. And, and I mean, there's, you know, you can do live betting. There's tremendous bonuses with all these things. You know what's amazing to me? And you'll remember this probably better than me. I would say, you know, here's a story I remember. What Was it like five, seven, maybe eight years ago that Tony Romo was supposed to do this big, like, fantasy convention mm-hmm. in Vegas? And, and the NFL went crazy and wouldn't allow him to do anything in Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean it was it was a, a fantasy kind of event, and you know with uh, you know rotisserie type stuff. And it, you know, I'm not sure how the pressure was exerted, but it was ultimately you know not something that was done. But even more telling is Mayor Oscar Goodman, maybe ten years ago now, wanted to buy a Super Bowl commercial. This was the mayor of Las Vegas buy a Super Bowl commercial, and the NFL refused. They would not take the money. And now look at look at where we are. I mean, you, you can't yeah. watch a game without, you know, pregame show being sponsored by a gambling site or, or you know, watching a game and having the, the scroll on the bottom line. Like, it's, it's incredible, right? I guess the ethics and morals was never really the issue, was it? Well, it's about the money. If, the, if, if, if these the leagues money. are going to get huge amounts of money, then they're going to wind up victorious and that's that's where we are so we have a lot and, to do today and, now i don't oh, this go, is, ahead, go ahead what, what do you want to say i was just gonna say real quick is the two ways that this is going to keep evolving in my opinion is one it will be behind the scenes but on the data side the thing about in-game betting is you need that data feed in real time and you know people realize this i'm not sure how much the delay these games are on some of these games are 45 seconds or so delay. So that time in between, the real time and the delay, is where the NFL can charge a ton of money to get the data in real time. And then the second way is 
Imagine when the betting is on the TV itself. So around the game, oh, you like think, think about that's amazing. You think smart TVs at some point are going to have like live gambling through your television? I I know they're already working on it. Wow, I haven't even thought of that. Mm, it's gonna it's it's gonna be integrated. Let's just say that you you picked a good field, huh? You know, it's funny. For a long time, it didn't seem like it, right? But it, it certainly has evolved. It, it really has. It's so commonplace now. So do you feel like that, like, I don't know, it, these games to me are weird this week because there's so many games that have very little, if any, meaning. Oh, no. Th- listen, you're right. But it's an opportunity this week. And in a weird way, this is a great week for the number, the, the spread, to tell you what's expected. Like, I'll give you the perfect example. Green Bay in, in that game and Detroit. And against Detroit right. is the line, and I'll, I'm checking the number as we're speaking. But I have it in front of me. It's three and, a, three and a half right now. Exactly. That's what I expected. So three and a half is the line now. If you look at the line for the first half, it's three and a half. So what they're saying is it's three and a half for the first half, pick them for the second half. Why is that? It's obvious. They expect Rodgers to play some but not the entire game. So you can actually reverse engineer logically from these lines what's going to happen. But the Vegas bet at this point is Rodgers plays some but not all of the game. Do you have a uh, a pick of the week for us this week? Yeah. I got a, I, in fact, I got uh, if you uh, to commemorate the start of the mobile betting and such in New York State is if you think you're a wise guy, you can bet this game. If you can't bet this game, you're not a wise guy. That's going to be the best bet pick. Oh, I like that. I, I love that. <laughs> um, now, there's a couple games for us to do today. So why don't we do them now, and then we'll do the frenzy where we go rapid fires with the calls, and then we'll kind of slowly work our way through the rest of the games in your pick of the week um, through the back half hour of your, your time with us here on 98.7 ESPN. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right. Cowboys-Eagles, that's uh, the 8-15 game tonight. Uh, but first is the Chiefs-Broncos. So Chiefs are now giving 10.5. They need to win this game to secure the second seed, and I guess could still wind up with the top overall seed if, if uh, Tennessee were to lose. Broncos are just, they start out 3-0. They're now a lousy football team with a quarterback who just looks awful and drew lock. Where do, where do you lean Chiefs laying 10.5 in this one? Well, if I had to bet the game itself, in fact, the spread is the least favorite pick I've got. So let me kind of give you the handicap, and then we can double back to the spread. I like the under a good bit. Uh, one, I don't think that Casey offense is as good as it has perceived to be because it obviously had its lull. And then they had their games against the Raiders that they looked good, and a game or two other it looked all right. But there's a lot of scheme issues here when they, and I'm sure you talked about this a little bit, the, the too high safety and the more the soft shell, they have trouble being, uh, you know, they have trouble getting five yards at a time and being patient, it seems like. Okay, well, who invented this daily type, you know, defense? It's Fangio. And if you look at the first game that happened on Sunday night, Denver only gave up 15 points to the KC offense. Luck came in with a pick six, but, you know, that doesn't count against the defense. So I expect the defense of Denver to play really well. Now, you might question motivation. I don't know if the offense wants Fangio back, but you almost can be certain the defense does. So the pick I like best 
is under Kansas City's points. So you can bet under one team point. Under the, I like under KC. The second bet I like back is under for the whole game. Now, am I writing I these like, down? Are these are these like your your best babies of the week, or these are just games you like? So today? I, I would say of today's games, mm-hmm. uh, the under in the KC team total is is by far my favorite. Do but you have a number a on that? Bit, yeah. So what it's going to do, and let me look it up as we go. And it, this is interesting. A way you can always predict what it would be is so the line is ten and a half, like you said, and the total is forty four and a half. So what you do is you subtract the spread from the total at 34.5 now, or it's 34. Now it's 17-17 plus 10. So 27-17 is the projected score. So you're going to go under 27 or 27.5. You might be able to get on Kansas City. Got it. All right. So under the team total with the Chiefs. Uh, if you had to, you, you wouldn't want to involve yourself at all in the uh, in the spread, 10.5 in this If one? I had to, and this is the least favor, I would still lean Broncos. Just because I believe the thing about Luck is, or Locke is, he's not lucky, no, is the thing about Locke is he does make big plays occasionally, but he'll also throw a pick six. So it tends towards overs, right, because it's either a big play one way or the other. That's why I don't like the game total as much or Denver as much. But he could get lucky. I almost think if you're going to play the side, you almost play Denver on the money line just because he is a high-variance guy. But obviously it's a long shot. So all those are leans. I do like under a good bit Kansas City team total. All right, under Kansas City team total, Cowboys-Eagles, a game that has no meaning at all for either team. Both teams out. We, we, we have a lot of guys out with uh, with COVID and all sorts of stuff. Cowboys laying three and a half on the road in Philadelphia. So, and I'm not trying to contradict, but like Philly varying between six and seven, you think is just irrelevant. I, I would think that they would prefer to kind of take the week off rather than, than hammer to be six or seven. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And and Dallas potentially, you know. Dallas, I believe, is lo- aren't they locked into four? Oh, no. I mean, unless I'm – and I can look it up on the break, but unless I'm mistaken, they have some variance. But they can't get – obviously can't get to one. But I almost think they can get to two. But either way, I, I hear you. I'm not sure. I think – you know, to double this bag, I think this whole only one buy was a big mistake. Really? I mean, well, yeah, think about how great it would be right now if, if it was like the old days and it was the one and two. I mean, look at, the, look at the competition in the NFC, how much more competitive it would be, right? I mean, Tampa doesn't really seem to care, right? Rams do just because they got to win the division. Right, because the, the Rams are one of the teams. that that's, that's an important game. That, to me, there's like three or four games this week that I look at and I'm like, boy, I, I really want to focus on that one. Rams-Niners is one of those games. But think about the way that you announced the Kansas City game where you said, well, they kind of got something to play for if Tennessee loses as a 10-point favor. And it's like, wow, if it was the first two, now KC would have to win the key. I, I don't know. To me, it always just felt like if one team runs away, it makes the whole top of the conference not matter anymore. And you know, but I, you know, I like the extra team. So, but anyway, on this one, I think you're right. You you just kind of figure out who's going to play hard. Here's my theory, though: if the Eagles, they're all going to play hard. It just matters who's going to play. If the Eagles play their backups, they're still going to run that offense in which it's a bunch of bruising, battling, you know, runs. Does Dallas really want to tackle them the whole game when they don't really care about the game? 
So in any game that you think both teams are maybe less motivation, wouldn't you want the more physical team? Because it feels like the other team might kind of shriek away from it a little bit. I don't know if that's true, but that's my theory. So I would lean Philly, but I'm not betting the game. You're listening to the Dave Rothenberg Show podcast on ESPNNewYork.com.